<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So Andrea, I just wanted to let you know, everyone, not just Andrea, everyone listening right now, that I am researching customizable desk service call bells uh much like our buka but like we should sell some buka to bell pose um and buka we, to bell pose <laughs> we can customize them to say side work podcast mm-hmm. and we could choose like orange or like the colors of of the pod you know uh-huh. and our beautiful artwork and uh-huh. i'm sorry having one of these in your house there's nothing wrong with it no, you no, might they're good one. for different things. I mean, I mean, I have found, yeah, I mean, if you're sick and you need someone to know that you need something from the other room uh-huh. and texting is just not cutting the mustard. No, I had an acupuncturist who, bell. I had an acupuncturist who left me with a call bell. He left his patients with a call bell if they got scared or uncomfortable huh. with needles. Wow. Because he usually worked on other people while, you know, while he got you all pinpricked up and then would go work with someone else for 20 minutes but if you were like flipping out you could be like <laughs> if you if you have some sort of you know uh uh if you if you are sort of like breaking bad cosplay um, salamanca salamanca yeah, if you want a little cosplay from breaking bad that's breaking exactly bad what i was like yeah thinking of that blow would up also do blow up you. um what's his face gus uh gus frain or yeah if you wanna, if you wanna have a sexy or not sexy restaurant, you play order up. You know, order up. And that's what Ooh. it's really gonna be for more than anything. Oh, like sexy restaurant role play. Yes, sexy restaurant role play, which is all we want as ex servers is to bring it into the bedroom. I think that's a terrible idea, Andrea. Yeah. Welcome to anyway. Sidework Podcast. Oh boy, oh boy. Very much welcome to Sidework <laughs> Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. All right. Well, we have spoken. The new merch is on the way. Do we remember the old merch? We still have those fun t-shirts. We still have the old merch. Also, let's like, what kind of merch would you guys want? Do you want wine openers? Do you want pens? Is that something you'd be interested in? You know? I also thought if I was going to do another round, I would obviously use a, a different company because those were so freaking expensive to make the first time around. <laughs> uh, I'm also thinking, I think it'd be really fun to have a t-shirt that says people pleaser and all of us service industry people could kind of wear people pleaser t-shirts. I mean, I would in so many levels wear that and I would just- Or a hat. Like, and on the oh back, God. it should be like, but I'm working on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, because boy, oh boy, I gotta hey. put myself first. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not easy. I got. Ugh way sweatier looking um since we last met anyways uh i mean it's anyways guys subscribe rate review do all the things thank you for anyone who has done that we love and appreciate you we are working on our big comeback mm. getting our well, we're here up. we're here baby we're here brats okay um what what else is new with you anything you want to talk about real quick well, uh, all right sounds promising <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, my mom and my sister are coming into town, so that should be an interesting, fun ride. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Y'all, y'all, I love, I love the female Wallaces. They are, they're fun. They're fun people to ride with. They're loud. They like, they have wine stained teeth. Uh, (laughs) I can't wait. Maybe I'll have to come over and like stay the night, you know? Oh my God. Just crash on the couch so I can really get down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I mean, we'll see. Or we'll just all pass out early. Who even knows at this point? You know, the the mm. the years just keep ticking on by and I know. But Sue Sue goes hard. I, I love her and your sister Raina. We were uh we were like shotgunning beers in the back of a car in, on our way to a waterfall in Iceland. Um Yep, that'll happen. That's her. She My likes sister her loves road a roadie. She's a real roadie queen. I'm always like, I'm not going to drink and drive. And she's like, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. I'm just going to, I'll drink a low ABV and like be on my way to camping. And you know, that's her. She toured with fish. I didn't. That's the difference between my sister. And and the thing is, know know your limit, know your risk, know, you know, like that if you did harm someone or harm yourself and you get pulled over, you're in a lot more trouble than if you're high and driving. Uh, yeah. But all I know I is, mean, you know, it's in Texas. That's just what they do. They're drinking and driving in Texas all the time. Brian has stories of me just like people just be like, yeah, just everybody's just beers and cars all day. You know, you got to. Yeah. You know, you got to have your car koozie. You got to have your car cooler. Uh-huh. Um, all that stuff. It's very real culturally. Uh, the only time I really you know, lean into it is when I'm in literally Joshua tree and there's no one on the road. Yeah. And worst oh, case I know. There's scenario. There's totally a time and a place for it. It's very much when you're just like easy breezy. I'm not condoning, oh. but I mean, look, there's also like Louisiana has daiquiri drive through, boozy daiquiri drive through places. So it's just like, just, you know. I think my biggest feeling is just, just know that you could hurt yourself, but go, above and beyond to uh, not hurt any other person that's that's the real crime that's that's, that's the fucked up part is yeah. you being a turd and hurting someone else and ruining their life so anyways go ahead and ruin your own you know <laughs> should we get into some headlines this has been brooks dare corner uh <laughs> i am the i am the daughter of a dare officer and we all now have like drinking and weed problems got my mom super high while she was way too wine drunk on vacation it's a whole thing um Lessons were learned. What can Lessons I say? Are and we were driving learned. a boat. Oh God! Anyways, anyways, headlines? let's let's get off. Let's get out of these. Let's get out of oh. all this gas and 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 just headlines, shall we? Well, which by the way are boozy. Um. Anyway, uh, so of course uh, we can't get away know, from right? it. Oh God! So we told you all about the Dunkin' Donuts hard, you know, basically entering the hard seltzer chat with hard coffees and hard teas with all their delicious flavors. Everybody's just fucking going for it, aren't they? Oh, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I, I fear, right? As, as like someone who goes to a Seven Eleven and goes to pick up a can of something that maybe I will be driving one day and don't even realize I'm drinking 
like a hard something or other because everything like every recognizable food brand or coffee brand is now also filled with liquor or malt liquor and that's I mean, my fear is I'll be yeah. drunk driving without knowing it I got carded for a kombucha I mean it was a few years ago and I didn't realize that there's just like the teeniest little amount of booze in those guys if they had like a black label and I was like going through oh. and they were like ID please and I was like what are you talking about what? but yeah the fermentation okay. there's a little bit and apparently you'll get a little buzz this is way different. This is fucking Eggo Waffles booze drink, Brooke. <laughs> it's an Eggo and Appalachian sipping cream. <laughs> oh my I, God. So here, here's, uh, here's the byline. With the delicious flavor of toasty Eggo branded waffles, drizzled in syrup, brunch in a jar is the perfect addition to any brunch. Sips up. I mean, these are, this is wild. So they are, saying like, oh, this pairs perfectly uh, with a chicken and waffle on a spear in a martini cup, and then you pour our Eggo-branded Appalachian sipping cream. Appalachian sipping cream, <laughs> just like Grandpapa used to make. It's amazing. It's like how much more decadent and horrifying can brunch and brunch foods get? Uh, I want to just put it on my tongue to taste it. It's 20% alcohol. I mean, that is. That's not nothing. That's not nothing at all. In in, uh -uh. I mean, it's a jar. So, I mean, it means 20% by volume. And it looks about, uh, that, that is actually pretty gross because it's about yeah. the size of a pasta jar. So, that yeah. means it's pretty weak. It's like a ragu, you know, sauce. Well, that's it because the moonshine would come in the jars. I, I assume that's why they're packaging it as such. Like, Well, and it has to look like there's also waffles inside, I suppose, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, waffles and fire. Fire waffles. Well, Here's so the they are trying to brand this oh as we are helping parents. Yeah, yeah. Did you you're like saying, this part? They're, they're like between I mean, it's the juggle of constantly changing schedules, household errands, family outings, and busy work days, it can often feel impossible, right, for uh -huh. parents to find moments that they can just savor to themselves. Why not make it easy just to kick back with a a big old jar of Appalachian sipping cream, brought to you by Ego. <laughs> So parents treat. can let go, you know, because the old oh, ad they can was let go my ego. Oh, they're ego. And I'm going to say their ego is their kid that won't shut up because exactly made from eggs. We're all made from eggs, in case you didn't know. Yes, um, very fair. <laughs> so the drink is inspired by classic brunch flavors of toasted Eggo waffles. A classic brunch flavor, Andrea. You know how classic. You know how you go to brunch and they it's just have classic Eggo I'm, waffles. Yeah. Anyway, I have my eyes on a photograph right now, and I'm. <laughs> fucking dying <laughs> which one i mean it's a all... martini glass with a little mini uh waffle like a, it looks like oh, yeah, a yeah. citrus wheel and a yep. big piece of bacon and you know it's just a, a milky white and it, and it is it is a straight up like moonshine <laughs> mason jar that it comes in <laughs> but let me let me okay let me reiterate this Ooh. drink is inspired by classic brunch flavors of toasted Eggo waffles, sweet maple syrup, and rich butter with a hint of smoky bacon, <laughs> says Kellogg's company brand. <laughs> oh, and also, if you didn't know, 20% alcohol is 40 proof. Like, that's pretty good. That's a, that is a proof right there. Um, you know, and they did do their work. You know, according to a survey, 47% of adults consider going out to brunch as a treat. So if you Such can't do it, 
why not just get drunk in front of your kids and just be like, this is all the brunch I need. Glug, 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 glug. Glug, glug, glug. You know this what? This is why I'm... people use their, they lose their jobs at factories and mines, Brooke. I mean, this is going to be the next opioid crisis. I see it coming, Andrea. It's just oh fucking God. Appalachian sipping cream. Oh, Everyone's going to lose their goddamn I shit. I am putting my eyes on another photograph, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. I'm obsessed. Um, I can't wait to make a TikTok about this. This is going to be amazing. Oh um, but basically the excitement from it is is because apparently if you're if, you're, if even brunch isn't enough of a treat because you're so busy cutting up your stupid kids fucking pancakes, uh-huh. you know, and you can't eat your own meal, it gets cold, you should just pour up a big, thick jug of Appalachian sipping cream. Um, now, now, what I like, though, and I did not know this, is Kellogg's worked with Ego and whatever liquor they were working on um, mm-hmm. over the holidays where there was an Ego Nog, oh. which I am about. I am about that. And they called it a tremendous experience. We got to um, so find some of this stuff, Brooke. Me t- I mean, my God. So, but, but because the Ego Nog is so seasonal and special... They really think the sipping cream is a drink that parents can enjoy year year round. Year round. Mm-hmm. Not just for the holidays. It is brunch in a jar. That is what it advertises. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see if I if that, you know, um, brunch in a jar for servers has a different meaning. <laughs> sure. Sure. I I used to think brunch in a jar was a really stacked Bloody Mary, but Mm -hmm. move on over, you know, Mm -hmm. move on over. Brunch in a jar just could be, you know, it seems to me brunch in a jar would be like a a Mary Poppins handbag, if you will, full of bottomless mimosas, large, loud parties of ladies and all sorts of condiments. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) As we Um, have come to hate uh, the extra condiments to prep prep brunch. Well, I feel like we should just maybe omit a middle, you know, a middle um, headline and just because that was really all I really wanted to talk about. I mean, that is a mic drop of a headline. That was a mic drop of a headline. Thank you. So why don't we because after we do a first headline, we keep seeming to find. So I guess journalism is now just quoting people's TikToks. Have Uh you noticed this trend? Oh, yeah. People are just like, yeah, I have noticed that. Journalism is just transcribing someone's TikTok Mm -hmm. and pretending it is AP Mm -hmm. wire news. Mm -hmm. So it's the Daily Dot. Really, it's the Daily Dot who they're like, we found a workaround to not actually have to write anything. Anyways, the headline is it's too expensive to do anything and everything asks, what the fuck? That's not. God, whatever. But basically, it's like bartenders are claiming this is the worst summers of their industry careers Mm -hmm. so far. Um, And the byline is people saying we want to go out, but it's too freaking hot and it's so freaking expensive. Um, So basically, bartenders are, you know, all flocking to TikTok and commenting and retweeting and doing stitches and all this shit to basically, you know, provide solidarity because they're all going, you know, if this summer seems a little off, you're not alone. Rising rents, rising prices, most of all, the insane heat wave. Nobody's even going out. It's so goddamn hot, apparently. Well, why would you be on a back patio, right? Which is what we love in the summertime. It's all about that back patio when it is still 
95 fucking degrees with no break. Um, and, and and then tip fatigue, which is what we've been talking about for a while, which is tip bullshit. Fatigue. And like, also just the fact that because of inflation too, like every drink at a bar is still topping, you know, it's not going lower than like 15 bucks right now. Right. Unless you want a cheap Pilsner beer or whatever, which by yeah. the way, um, I do follow this account that loves to call people out. And you know how Kid Rock was so angry at Bud Light because they had Dylan Mulvaney Right. On it, uh, 100% captured at a concert a week ago, and someone did a paparazzi snap with him standing on a balcony, 100% drinking a Bud Light. So, anyways, oh, absolutely. I mean, he's such a course. fucking loser. Anyways, <laughs> I'm so Get him. Forget him. But um, yeah, this is, it, it is, it is, this is tough to hear, especially because, you know, like summer is when a lot of people make all their money. Summers can slap. Like we have, you know, we know that the 4th of July can be a dead zone or you actually uh, absolutely get crushed. It just depends what area and what kind of, you know, bar or restaurant you're working in. But the summer is just where you, you crunch and you, you, Tuck that money away, you know, and then the tourists go and, you know, it gets slow again for a little bit. You can recover and then all the fun, like seasonal things come back and you make a ton of money again. But like summers are supposed to be killer. That's why, you know, college kids, students, whatever, you go and make a ton of money over the summer. And here we are with summer coming to a close and we hope you guys have done okay and we hope you're, you know, you're feeling okay. We hope, yeah, we hope everything's. (laughs) But yeah, holler at us if, um. You know, if it's been a rough summer at your bar or restaurant um, because people are being like, oh, my God, I thought it was just my area, you know, in response. And um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I haven't gone out a ton. I've not been super fraternizing. I have a li- I have like a little, you know, I feel like it's been a weird summer. Like, I feel like the first half of the summer I was out and the second half was like a little slow. But like, you know, I went out last night and it was it was it was packed. It was packed last night i went to that i went to the bakari you went to buca de beppo no i went to buca de beppo for the i keep going back i'm i'm i can't stop guys i'm back i'm a regular now (laughs) i've I've got you know what i'm saying like bakari is bakari um, we went to the one in marina del rey but there's a ton and then there's the one in silver lake that used to be treetops that is now bakari right it's like right on sunset yes it used to be from like el condor it was yeah, Cliff's Edge, yes. Cliff's um, Edge. Oh, I'll but it's sometime. humongous. And it was packed. Like you would go in and go to the bathroom and you were like, holy shit, this place Damn, is dude. like talk about like book. It was like it's like Buca de Beppo Cavernous. It's like room <laughs> after room after room. It's like an eyes wide shut fuck party at that restaurant. You know what I mean? You're just like, where am I at now? Why are you wearing a mask? There's a band playing over here. They all have blindfolds on. Uh it's all tapa style. You know what I mean? Which we all know tapa style equals sex orgy party. <laughs> You're all sharing the same dish. There's I the get co- what they're trying trying to say to me Brooke we're all sharing the same dish <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. um but anyway I had some delicious cocktails but yeah they were not cheap you know no. like and mama mama wants four mezcal sodas out it's a lot of money you know it's a lot of money and mm-hmm. if someone doesn't have a good if someone just doesn't give you a good pour it's you're just like god this is so much money to not even be buzzed anyways but then like we went to we also I'm like then we went to uh we popped over to Capri Club which is in LA which is this you know it's an Italian inspired cocktail oh, bar it's, it's amazing it, how you it's keep just hanging out down great. the street from me and never calling me sorry I it was fucking... it was like a last minute it was right after it was really? late you would okay. have been like I'm not coming out it was like 10 o'clock we at were night. we were out but anyways well, anyways um so who were you uh, with 
Nadia. Um, so anyway, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was like, you know, so we were going to have a drink there, but it was so fucking busy. That place is like those $18 cocktails. No problem there. Those guys are killing it. Like, um, that's the way to do it. Create a vibe, charge $18 for the cocktails, make all the money. Like, but the end, you know, that place also makes strong drinks. Yes, right? they do. So you, you can get pretty crunk on like mm-hmm. two drinks there, mm-hmm. which the very least... I swear to God, we were driving by and we were going to yell at the people at the Capri Club. We were literally fucking cruising by and we're like, that place is mind blowing. Same with Waltz, where we're just like the vibe they created. And we're like, it is just spilling onto the street. It reminds me of New Orleans. It reminds me of like uh, Tristavere in like in Italy, you know, where everybody's we didn't stay. It was so packed. We went to the Grant. But anyway, even closer to your house. Sorry. Wow, you are a (laughs) fucking asshole. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You are in my neighborhood constantly and never call I really me. So am we'll not. About- yes, you are. Anyways. Uh, anyways, we'll wow. settle this after. Wow. Nope. <laughs> On air. <laughs> You're uh, sometimes. Anyways. It was just, it was late. I didn't even think about it. 10 I'm PM sorry. All right. Can we just blank. get off this and be friends and get into no. some server? Submitted. Story. Stories. Okay, guys, buckle up because this is going to be a freaking long one. Um, and Andrea, if you saw, I split it in the middle mm-hmm, uh, where you can take over because I'm going to get talking fatigue. Okay. okay. Subject line of this server submitted story is bone dry eggs, which is already there's an egg and an ego theme happening already in this episode. So starts off. He says, hi, I've been saving this one for a while. I bartend at a trendy boutique hotel on the Lower East Side of Manhattan that prides itself on being unconventional, including the way they pool tips, which are split between three venues all day, 7 a.m. to 4 a.m. Whoa, I have to look this up. And events like weddings and the sort. I'm sure you could figure out which hotel it is, but for background, none of us are getting paid enough to deal with with the behavior that breakfast foods bring out in our customers. Wow, I'm really going to have to. Okay. So. I usually bartend and I used to frequently work brunch before several people quit and they found younger and less competent bartenders to work brunch. This day, however, they were down servers and I'm agreeable to a fault. Hey, people pleaser, people pleaser. (laughs) So I borrowed an apron and went out onto the floor. I had been fully trained as a server, so it wasn't completely foreign to me, but my menu knowledge was a little bit lacking. But wait, kudos for you for stepping out. Mm -hmm. So many bartenders would be like, fuck you. Fuck you, I'm not serving. Like, I'll do it. I'm, I'll totally, tr- teamwork oh. makes the dream work. I would do it too. You I'm know? good for, you know, but those bartenders in their goddamn gilded castles. But I know. anyways, I know. Um, So the breakfast server that was being sent on break updated me on their tables and drew my attention to one table that had moved four times since they had been there wow. and they had been ignoring them. They said they'd been in our cafe for about 90 minutes and had ordered a latte each. They're fucking weird, but it's probably time to check on them. Also, I'm going on break, so good luck. Bye. (laughs) Don't you love a handoff like that? Okay, so I ask if they're ready to order. They glance up from their laptops, give me an uncomfortable look, and decline. Well, I have other tables, obviously, so I make my rounds, check on them a few more times in the process. After 45 minutes of sitting there subsisting on tap water, they're finally ready to order and have to flag me down because at this point I'm ignoring them because they're bizarre and I have a cafe full of normal customers. I'm thrilled that they want to order. Maybe they'll leave soon. 
The man, early 40s, vague European accent, orders the omelet. The woman, early 40s, American, asks if the omelet can be scrambled. (laughs) (laughs) We have to do an episode specifically about breakfast because I don't think we did. Yeah. We'll put it on the list. Okay. So I'm trying to find the words to explain that an omelet is actually a different method of preparing eggs without making her feel like an idiot. Finally, I finally I say, I'll ask the kitchen if it would be possible. I say I can somewhat begrudgingly, knowing full well this chef will think I'm the fucking idiot, a, a fucking idiot if I ask this. And the man says, yes, ask, please. She asked some other question about a salad or something, and I explained that if she would like, she could get a salad with a side of scrambled eggs because it's starting to sound like that's exactly what she wants. I thought this was a perfectly helpful, accommodating suggestion. The notion of eggs on the side was tragically befuddling to the woman. So she says, I can order a side of scrambled eggs? That's not on the menu. You you know what? Now I'm confused. I need more time with the menu. (laughs) So I speed walk away. Not being super familiar with the menu, I correctly guessed that at brunch, of course you can order eggs on the side. I looked at the menu and realized it's a side of two eggs, any style, which requires you to know the maybe six different preparations of eggs. And this was just simply too much for her. I go tell my manager, who is a misanthropic actor. I just wanted to know. I'm trying my best to give good service under less than ideal circumstances. He's leaning on the bar aggravated. He says, "Ugh, they're regulars. They live in the area and they're fucking idiots. Don't worry about it. People are so fucking stupid. Not the most helpful thing to say, but at least the pressure is off and I'll tag team Andrew. Oh my God. All right. So they flag me down and the man orders the omelet, the woman, a salad dressing on the side and a side order of scrambled eggs. Well done. The man sort of talks over her and explains that her issue is that sometimes sometimes omelets have a bit of moisture in them, probably butter. I keep, you know, to myself, but I'm thinking this. And she needs her eggs to be completely dry. Uh, yes, of course, I say. What a perfectly normal request. <laughs> I put in her order. We have a button for well done on scrambled eggs. And I also type in dry as a bone on the <laughs> ticket. And I'm about to go on my break. And I update my fellow server and pray to God that they're gone by the time I come back. When I return, the poor food runner is delivering scrambled eggs that have been set back to be dried out more. <laughs> Because of our POS, uh, because our POS is sometimes shitty and the software company named after a certain rodent, servers can't change table numbers. So the eggs are first delivered to a strange European male model who is thoroughly perplexed or as perplexed as you can look with that much Botox. He seriously had the face of Derek Zoolander and the voice of Vincent Price. Hmm. <laughs> The server that had covered my break eventually got them to pay and leave. Nothing was comped because nobody really wanted them to come back or even have a good day. (laughs) The chef was nice about it, but he wondered why these things always seem to happen to me. I still don't know. Good luck and good tips. Oh, my God. That's from Henry. What a story. Oh, my God. Henry's Henry's like, uh, I realized how long this was. I have other short stories, too. Send them. You're an excellent writer. You oh, my God. So the, good. The frustration. So good. Waiting on insane people in New York City. I used to have a blog where all I did was write my stories about waiting on New Yorkers because every time I was like, what in the new fuck is this happening? 
<laughs> People are crazy. <laughs> First of all, I mean, egg gate. This was egg gate all day. Dry. Was, as brunch a bone. should be rebranded as egg mm, gate. I don't uh no, dry the better. Well mm. I I to be a couple like that. You know what I mean? To go out in the world and project that energy onto people and just just as if I'm the it's all about you. I think that's what it it's is. All about those you. those two are not people pleasers. That is a fact. And uh, you know, obviously sort of um the moral of the story is facing childless her eggs are dry so she's like you know, oh, oh man bam you we know? did we we left out a teeny little snippet in henry's story where he does say that he uh he, <laughs> he always tries to look not too much like an ogre because he's six four and very lanky with damaged hearing so he has to bend over like igor or igor from frankenstein to try not to just hit his head on the lamp while he stands over a table like that so is amazing did i just miss a yeah it's fine but i just, I just thought just it's too yeah it, we would yeah, the imagery is too good not to have. have it's like, wonderful. <laughs> she was like, do not give me any eggs that look fertile because I don't want to be insulted. <laughs> the drier the eggs, the better. Isn't that right, honey? <laughs> and then, ooh, oh, man. Boom, bra. Boom, anyway. boom. Top Henry story, guys. We dare you. <laughs> Get in there, folks. Um, You can send your server-submitted stories to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's get into the topic of the day. Brooke. So I was like, we have never covered smoking in restaurants and bars. And it's a huge thing. Restaurants. It's because now it's so normalized and we're Californians that it's like, thank God we don't have to think about it anymore. But it is still completely par for the course in several states all over the country where people get to smoke in restaurants and servers are totally in that environment still. Like, I was like, we've never talked about it. Oh, my God. So let's get into it. Um, All right. So just for, like, the history of how it was established, we're going to be kind of reading, you know, piecemeal um, some snippets from an article uh, that was published on a website called Restauranting Through History. And this one is basically smoking in restaurants, a short history. <laughs> Restauranting through history. Brian, come up with a theme song for that show. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but basically in the 19th century, what they're saying, very few places um, where you could eat did not sell cigars or host cigar smokers. Um, I mean, that oh, makes no, no, sense. No. no, I said that in. I said that. in. Oh, the there course. were a few that did. That there, there were a few that basically. OK, what they're saying is. There were few places you could eat, period, that weren't 
also selling cigarettes and cigars to everyone in the establishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think because it sounds so foreign, I said mm-hmm. it wrong. So basically, you could not find anywhere where you weren't bombarded with your meal with cigar and cigarettes. Right. So, so basically, like, cigars and steaks were where it was fucking at for a long I mean, time. So, you know, I grew up in, in my little town of Rochester, Michigan, and there was this so, I mean, I can still see it. It's still there. But there's this restaurant that's been downtown on our main strip called Cruise and Muir's. And it is this stone sculpture that is over the opening of the door, which has always been two men. Like one with like, and they're both leaning over table for discussion tavern Scott style. And one has like a knife and a steak. And the other one, I swear to God, has been smoking a cigar this whole time. And like, that was just always a thing. So... <laughs> Um, basically having a good, like having a really good supply of fine imported cigars and liquors was more important than the cuisine. So this was for sure in the 1800s. Um, basically, uh, anti-drinking forces started to gather steam in the thirties and people were like, tobacco's the gateway drug to a life of drinking and disillusion. And especially when you start with children having candy, the moral Mm. rot begins, Mm. you know? So, um, basically people were like, whatever, fucking stop pearl clutching. Good life is what we want. And you know, it's, everyone wanted to look of a certain societal, you know, sort of established way. So, Basically, smoking and smoking cigars in every place you could patronize neat food was the norm. Um, so the one thing that was different, uh, every once in a while, you could find a place where the bar was on the ground floor while the dining took place on the second floor with no smoking allowed. The article says this, you know, this part is unclear, but we covered like the history of women being even allowed to be present in public in to eat in public right yeah. right so smoking and, in public must have been like a woo nelly oh, forget it you lady of the night um so yeah what we, what we learned was like women very often got hit away in second story parlors to eat their little finger sandwiches mm-hmm. and ice cream parfaits um so therefore do not smoke around women do not smoke in these eating establishments um but basically it wasn't really about health it was about you know the immorality of smoking a sure, cigarette. Sure, what in you're front doing of a woman. and not doing in public. Yeah, and people can see it. Yeah, um, fun. Yeah, <laughs> it would be offensive to a female guest, um, and that's why there would be the separate smoking rooms for men if there was an establishment that tried to respect people. Not yeah, because you don't want to give women any ideas that they can have orgasms and smoking led <laughs> no, to that. Don't, so don't let them learn. <laughs> don't let them find out. Um, so. You know, basically since the late 1890s, um, it was so normal. And as we know, it's still normal. Your lunch counter, your diners, what do they have? They have cigars and cigarettes for sale, which Mm -hmm. we now know is the cigarette machine, which you can still find and all lovely, you know, parts of the South or whatever. So this was just like a really classic thing is you could get your, you know, slice of pie, go down to the cigar and cigarette dispenser and sit down and, and fucking smoke a stogie and ruin everyone else's time while they're Ugh. eating pie. Gross. It's Ugh. so crazy. Um, But basically, I do think, too, when you think about it, like the complaints started to really ramp up in the 1920s of just like women, of course, you know, at the very least, they're like, now that we're allowed to have lunch in public, you know, can I please have my tuna plate? you know, without someone blowing a cigar in my face. Um, So the complaints have now started to roll in against what is a societal norm. Um, They don't want to be nauseated. Um, So 
The other thing that happened, though, is the backlash now. Even though there's so much disapproval, now women also realize not they only want to they- smoke in public too, baby. Yeah, they are like, you know what? I'm tired of smoking and hiding. I'm gonna smoke at a lunch counter and every so like total moral uproar. Um, but you know, it was considered a very like like privileged. It was glamorous. It was, oh, I'm you know, sure. Have- I'm sure it was rebellious and Ooh, yeah. Cigarette holder. I'm sorry. It, does anything look sexier than that? I know, I know. Like right. iconic, like Audrey Hepburn, like I know, breakfast at Tiffany's. It's it's I know. It's pretty cool. So then women started to get their own smoking dens also, which is still funny that none of this is integrated because scandal. Um, so like the tea rooms that they used to hide women in would now have smoking lounges for them as well. Um however, if you did smoke in a restaurant that was popular, you would be inviting heavy criticism Mm. by other judgmental people Mm -hmm. into your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so blah, blah, blah. This was just really, really normal. Everyone fought for the right to smoke. Then everyone started smoking everywhere. And then it gets us to this point in 1946 where suddenly people are like, hey, these might uh, not be good for uh, not only the person smoking them, (laughs) but your secondhand smoke is also potentially hurting and killing a non-smoker. So as we know, like, This begins the ban on tobacco, big tobacco, starting to consider non-smoking legislation just in general, like in your workplace. I mean, you could just be sitting in your office like as a temp job on a plane, like blow it in your baby's face in the bassinet, you know? Everywhere. So basically now the pressure is coming from the regular public who are like, hey, we hate smoke and we're tired of being you know, subjected to it when we just want to go out and have a nice dinner, um, which, as we all know, in the history of anything that we have established and then learned more about and decided to revise, Americans don't like change. Um, most countries don't like change. But it wasn't just customers. A lot of restaurant owners, as you know, that, you know, they really, really hated and were really fucking snarky about creating a non-smoking section because they were all claim, you know, they were claiming it's just destroying our business in all these ways, which I'm sure. Yeah, they were like, these squares aren't going to drink. They're not going to do nothing. Like, right. get them out of here. Right. They're like, oh, if they're non-smokers, they probably also don't booze it up. I don't want them in my establishment, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, which is really funny. Um so or then what would happen is the smoking section was so packed that the restaurant would have to turn away impatient smokers who couldn't get a seat in their beloved smoking section. So, you know, I mean, and let's like admit it, like a non-smoking section is still you just don't have the smoke in your face, but you sure as shit can still smell the smoke, especially in the early days when they, there's no HVAC systems, there's nothing like pulling the actual smoke out of a restaurant. I mean, you're just like covered in it. This is what I think about when I think about smoking and non-smoking sections on an airplane. It's like you're still trapped in like a metal tube in the sky. It's going to go everywhere. When I was a kid and I, I you know, and I smoked Do you remember cigarettes. remember someone? Like, oh, uh, oh sorry, no, yeah. I, I don't remember. I mean, I remember ashtrays in planes, you know, and I think there's still some. Sure. That you can't open them now, but you can tell they used to be ashtrays in some of the older planes and the jets you get on. Um, but I remember distinctly like smoking. I'm like, I'm going to smoke a cigarette like in my room and like hang out the window. And it's just like, no, cigarette smoke travels everywhere. You cannot hide from it. It's on your dirty little fingers. You on, know? It's everywhere. It permeates into everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, when this sort of like 
revolution of trying to keep, you know, smokers separate from non-smokers. When this happened, the, the, the first kind of restaurants that basically gave in were were your quote unquote family restaurants, which didn't serve any bar items or whatever. So you had sort of like your Denny's or Bob Evans. Sure. Which still, don't get me wrong, it angered the people who love to put out a cigarette butt into their half-eaten toast at the end of a meal. I I'm mean, sure. I have smoked, especially as a teenager, that is a right place for teenagers to go smoke and drink coffee. Is it a Denny's, a Village Inn, a Perkins? We've talked about this before, you know? <laughs> I mean, it certainly made some people mad, but I'm like, well, that's why you need to go hang out in a 24-hour diner that still allows smoking. But anyways, so a lot of these chains, um, basically, they won the fight first. And then hilariously, uh, you would think big cities, you know, because sometimes they're more progressive and forward thinking, they took a lot longer to actually get on board because they're like, it's city life, baby. You know, the hot bit of the city. And people got to do their cocaine with breakfast if they need to do Go it, back you know? to the farm if you don't like the smoking, grandma. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> farmers, everyone, they all smoked too. But um, so, it, and it is really funny because it's one of those things I never even thought to bring it up as an episode topic because it is really abnormal for many of the cities we've lived in. But we literally worked in smoking establishments at the beginning we of our careers. Sure did. We absolutely did. I mean, I worked the smoking section a lot where I worked, especially I liked working the bar because it's like if you could smoke in there, I feel like you would always get the drinkers and I feel like you would always get better tips, you know, granted you're inhaling the cigarette smoke but I mean oh that is a way to look at it like the partiers are gonna smoke and drink and they know what's up and they know how to live life right girl like, yeah. I'm I have very vivid memories and imagery of like you lighting up behind the bar pouring drinks oh yeah and I mean pulling you know pulling you know pints of beer like I remember Carrie Joy always having a smoke while she you know and you're like I can't believe this was normal I only smoked like I didn't I smoked like more toward the end of the night but I right. wasn't like the bartenders that were always smoking which is like now like foul disgusting just wash your hands and like don't touch cigarettes that have like been in your mouth and then like serve me a drink I don't care like don't do it but I mean all we did was hang out in bars and yes I was a smoker Brian was a smoker I just had my 12th year of being smoke free wow congrats mm -hmm. thank you uh one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life um, but Jesus, that's just how it was. You would just go to a bar and you as a non-smoker, it must have been, I mean, you get used to it, but oh, Jesus it, Christ. It was rough. I mean, cause like I have just never even entertained cigarettes. It was just something that like, it just didn't take for me. And I am fine with that because my dad was a smoker. My brother loved smoking. And I was just like, I have asthma. <laughs> um, but I truly think I credit that long fucking winter working indoors in Bad Dog Tavern where smoking was allowed in the bar, in the front part of the bar. There was no petition, no um, partition between no. the smoking section and the back. Not at all. People weren't allowed to smoke. But I'm like, that probably it took has robbed me of a year of life. Um, mm -hmm. probably. probably. And you would go home and it's when you're back in your clean, smoke-free environment. And your, you, your hair. Your, you realize yeah. how bad you stink. And you're just like, Wow, like I am hanging my stuff, you know, off the balcony out the back, the back wooden steps, all that stuff. You're like, I reek, you know, and I was like, I don't even smoke and I, I smell like I took down a pack. I mean, I think about like it's not it's cigarette smoke. It's emissions. It's all like this fucking place we live in. I mean, everywhere it just used to be smog 
everything smelled like fucking chemicals and cigarette smoke. Like, and you know, that old cigarette smell, like my dad worked at union Pacific, um, for his whole career. And we would go into, if you go into any of the old buildings, you can just smell that old, like office smoke smell. It's like file cabinets and like old cigarettes. Cause all anybody did, you know, you watch mad men and everybody just smokes. Like they don't stop smoking. And that's just, it's wild to me. I mean, I, I remember type and smoke. There's something sexy about typing, a, you know, an essay and smoking, you know, having your totally hang out I mean, over the it's typewriter. Very, but. It definitely it adds a lot of charisma. You're it's a real fuckable moment. I totally get it. <laughs> a fuckable but, moment. That's the yeah. opposite of a teachable moment. <laughs> it's a fuckable moment. Um, but I I remember when uh in when we lived in Chicago and there was no more smoking inside and I was I was as you a smoker, were probably, I was I was happy about it. Good. Okay. No, I remember you were the opposite because it, it was. It was a really split down the middle thing where people were like, Well, forget my business, you know, and then they realized like, well, I really like that place. And, and it I'll says here think- and like yeah, and in nineteen ninety six a study showed that twenty five percent of businesses uh business was temporarily lost. 17% experienced higher volume with the removal of smoke and 57% were like, whatever, whatever, it's totally fine. It just has to become the new norm, you know, like, and that's what it is. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, just, and California led the charge in 1995 by doing a complete ban um, or, or phase into a complete ban by 1998. So they started it and then it was a total ban. And I think it's great. I am, I am like so turned off by cigarette smell now. I just am just like fucking gross. Mm. If someone's like smoking in the car next to me, oh. I just immediately roll it up. And if a little whiff gets in my car, I'm just like, Ugh. wow. I mean, that's just not allowed. I mean, when you think of like, like, Cigarette smells just in general are like like an Airbnb, a hotel, any of these places. They're like, don't you dare sully, you know, the sheets, the wallpaper, the curtains with this mm-hmm. horrifying smell. Like we just went from loving it and bathing in cigarette smoke to now being like, get your dirty fucking smoky stick out of here. Unless you live in the South where Unless it you is live in the so- South where there's zero restrictions. And okay, so we found I found this really great updated 2023 um, basically table, which you could scroll down and see. And this I just did specifically for restaurants, Mm -hmm. but um, the states that still have zero smoking restrictions in a restaurant are Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Carolina, Texas, and surprise, surprise, West West Virginia. No way, that's tobacco country. I know tobacco. Um, So. Places that still have designated smoking sections in restaurants, that is Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee. And you want to discuss this? Because I don't know how that works. Uh, so um, Virginia, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut are ventilated. So I assume that's got to be some sort of HVAC system that's probably like legally le- like you legally have to have it in place. I assume in order if you if you're gonna have smoking, you probably have to have those in place. Like maybe it means a smoking section, but even the smoking section is has to be the- oh the ventilated, or maybe it's like. You know, like, have you ever been to, like, um, the Vegas airport where they have the smoking room? at Mac- um, uh, Yeah, so they have – you because well, and Nevada should be on here because it's, like, you can smoke anywhere. In, I'm pretty sure, well, at least in the casinos, you can smoke anywhere. In- I think it's the casinos. Anything goes in a casino. Yeah. So in the airport, they have these smoking, like, chambers. It's like you're in a little fish tank and you go in and they definitely have like slot machines and stuff in there. 
and you just like go into a little chamber room and smoke your cigarettes in there instead of like having to go outside. It's totally wow. wild. Yeah. Well, it's ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, I feel like this topic, you know, hopefully is going to generate you all to say something to us in response because I mean, like, I know for a fact, you know, let us know if you're in these states where you are still working and trying to make your money and you don't want to be exposed to smoke while you're just trying to do what you do for a living. That's got to feel really freaking yeah. frustrating. Did a trash can ever get set on fire accidentally because someone tossed a butt that still was like burning a little bit? I'm sure that just, yeah, or a restaurant burned down because of it or like, you know, yeah. Or, I mean, I didn't want to get super dark, but I remember there was a point when um, I was working at Bad Dog Tavern and it really, really scared me. And maybe you remember this too, but it was basically... Um, a bartender maybe up the street somewhere in Lincoln Square who all this fundraising started because he basically was a non-smoker who contracted lung um, lung cancer and fucking died really, really fast and wow. was someone like maybe barely 30 years old. And I was like, oh my God, I can't work here anymore. Like my hypochondria sure. went off the rails, but you know, it's very real and it's really scary. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think like, come on, go out back and, and smoke your cigarette. Yeah. Or if you're a customer, I, go out the front. Yeah. And, and everybody cigarette. makes like a whole thing about like they go outside together to smoke their cigarettes. Now, you know, there's even uh, look, you, people are allowed to smoke on patios now and there's sure. a smoking section, even on the fable, like that smoking section, even Oof, that like turns me so, off so hard. It's pretty you can just It's just like it's you can smell it everywhere, you know, and that's just me. I would just prefer it not happen like at all. Like and then we still have those friends that are still holding on to their smoke, like being smokers. I'm just like, I don't know who you're talking I know about. It's a, I know it's addictive. I know it's great, but it's just like, just quit, man. Your body like can't handle it anymore. You know, um, smoking is for the young, you know, be young and smoke and then quit and then like to quit. You don't turn into like a weird fucking like poster that's like on the wall of a high school about what happens to you if you smoke your whole life. You know, don't do it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Stick to crystal. Um, Well, we would love to hear from you. If yes. you are subjected to this, if you've got great stories about people having any uproars once your, you know, bar or restaurant decided to go no smoking, et cetera, if this stirs up some um, stories and you want to tell us about it, DM us on Instagram or obviously we prefer the email at sideworkpod at gmail.com. But um, thanks for doing another episode that was so fun with me today, Andrea. I know. I know. Super fun. Is this like, is this a Labor Day weekend? This is all. Maybe. Yeah. It is Labor Day weekend, so everybody be safe out there. Have fun. One last hurrah before everybody's back to the old fall grindstone. It's going to be Halloween time in no time. The holiday to come around the corner. All yeah. the ego eggnogs going to come out for me to drink. Here mm-hmm. I want some Appalachian, Appalachian sipping cream. Sipping cream. <laughs> this episode of the Childwork Podcast has been brought to you by Appalachian Sipping Cream. I will reach out to them 100%. You have to be smoking a cigarette while you're drinking that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in West Virginia. I mean, this just seems very like, that's what I want to hear the hip. And yum, oh, yum. my God. Well, you know what we say at the end of every episode, though, Brooks. We, we say Godspeed. And good tips. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.